Hello, everyone, and welcome to Molly Movie Club. I'm Casey Muratori. And I'm Anna Rutberg. And this is a new releases movie. Yes. All this month, new releases. And this new release is Air, the latest Ben Affleck-directed picture. I don't know if I have the complete Ben Affleck catalog. I know Gone Baby Gone, The Town and Argo, mm-hmm. all of which I've seen, but there may be another Ben Affleck picture in there that I haven't seen, yeah. and then this one. Have you seen all those as well? Anna Redboard? No, I think I maybe saw Argo, but okay. yeah, I, I've not seen a lot of Ben Affleck stuff. I feel like he's a he's a solid director. Like He, he is. He's good. Um, I feel like this movie... Movies like this are kind of hard to talk about in some ways for me because they're just, like, good. It's just, like, a good movie, but it's also kind of not—it's not, like, a super remarkable movie either. It's not like there's all these things that you're like, oh, my God, that was incredible, right? It's just, like, a really solid movie that just is good. It's, it's like, entertaining. It's well shot. It's well acted. It's, like—it's just a solid movie, but it's not, like, amazing, mind-blowing or something. Well, I don't know that it's that hard to talk about. I mean, I have a bunch of things to say about no, this sure movie. We'll but I'm sure we'll find stuff to talk okay. about. But like, when I think about when I sit down and I'm thinking about, like, what were my thoughts? I'm mostly just like, yeah, it was good. I think this is a movie that has a lot of significant problems, to be completely honest. And I think that I agree that sort of the the high caliber of all the people involved, I mean, I think all the acting was, was great, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. The, um, I think it looked really nice. Like I, I, I actually was thinking about was the cinematography of it too. How yeah. just it was so like old school kind of. It was just a, it looked good. Like it didn't have it wasn't all blue and orange and like weird lens flares. It just looked nice. It was just well shot. Like you know that was I, I definitely appreciated that about it. Yeah, and I also get the sense that. Uh, you know, when Ben Affleck does one of these, maybe because he was an actor or maybe he's a well-liked in Hollywood or whatever, he gets everybody. Like every single person in this movie, every actor is very good. Yeah. Right? Like every single person is very good. The standout of this movie is the performances. Like, yes. And, all, and the characters, the different characters are really, they're great. Like all of them are great. Which is, I think, kind of unusual, right? And so I assume this is also part of the being a good director, right? He he gets these people who can do the roles and then he directs them well and they and it's great. So really, like, there wasn't even a standout performance because everyone was fantastic. And I thought that was probably making this movie seem better than it was. Because honestly, there are a bunch of things about this movie that don't work super well, in my opinion. But it kind of... It's still very watchable. I guess I see what you're saying because it's like it, it feels kind of like not super sophisticated or like shallow. It's, it feels way. very superficial to me. Yeah, exactly, as a film. exactly. But I think the I, I think the emotional heart is there because of the acting. Like I, I exactly you do feel it. Like I think I think it works, even though it feels like all of the different like plot line beats feel very like cliched and simpli- simplified sort of like like none of it feels like an actual way that reality would work. It, it, and I don't I, I don't get the sense that it's all that historically accurate either, meaning I don't think it was really the way reality actually worked at some level. Well, it's like, yeah, there's no um, way like the meeting went like that and, and he decided and, to go with them. But it's just like. But, well, Ben, I'm, I'm assuming that uh, is Viola Davis is the yeah, actress's so. name and Matt Damon, you know, or or Ben Affleck's Phil Knight. I, 
I doubt that any of that stuff was happening that way or whatever, and it doesn't feel super authentic to me, really. I mean, I'm sure Phil Knight was kind of a nut job because he was. I mean, but it, it it didn't feel like it really captured anything that I really believed was really happening. Now, maybe it was, but it didn't feel that yeah, way, and felt, that's the it, important part. It felt like, kind of style. I mean, the whole movie feels stylized. It feels like overly romanticized, but but I don't mind. Like I think maybe if you were a person who was like really into this historical like moment, right? Like if you really loved this, you know, you were a huge Michael Jordan fan or whatever, and you wanted this to be like super accurate, maybe it would bug you. I don't give a crap about basketball, so like or the history of basketball, right. I don't any either. of this stuff, yeah. I don't care. So in terms of like a biopic, I'm just sitting down to like watch a story. And l- yes. watch some characters, and I think it actually works really well if you're if, just from that perspective. For me, it didn't really. I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. And and I felt like, you know, Matt Damon and and Viola Davis, and I mean to a lesser extent Jason Bateman, uh, and uh, and uh, so it wasn't Mar- Marlon Wayans plays the he just has a, a bit bit part, uh, but it's really good too. The but shoe there's guy, the, the, shoe guy? the other guy, the guy who's the VP. Uh, he's he's famous. I just can't remember his name. He's, oh, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Thank you. They were all doing a good job, like making these sort of like interesting caricatures out of not very much. Like yeah. they, they they're playing all, these people as like larger than life kind of people. They did the best they could. Yeah. Right. Like like they really did the best they could, and and I do think that they brought a certain gravitas to it that isn't really there in a way you know i'm sure you know matt damon's character never made a speech quite that ridiculous i'm sure viola davis's character never was so compelling or whatever yeah but they made it feel that way right? yeah yeah absolutely um, and and of course chris tucker kind of makes it hilarious the way he does but well the, and ben affleck's character is also hilarious he does a movie. good job yeah. right but the problem for me with this movie is it's just too much almost like it's there when we look at what's actually happening it just kind of somehow they the writing isn't able to bring it up to the level it needs to be to hit that note and so if i were to contrast this with something like the first thing that comes to my mind is steve jobs the movie uh, i have not seen that so that movie is doing a very similar thing to this movie very similar but you have Aaron Sorkin writing the dialogue, which is perfect for Silicon Valley people, right? He he, like it's right in that mm-hmm. sort of wheelhouse, right? And it just creates something that's amazing to watch because all of the dialogue is so engaging and the back and forths are just really good. In this movie... It just doesn't have that. There's once or twice, and I kind of chuckled a bit when it happened, there were some clever turns of phrase mm-hmm. that were in there, but mostly the writing just is very generic in this picture. And it really doesn't give the actors much to work with. So when I listen to it, it just kind of falls flat. Not that the Aaron Sorkin stuff isn't also kind of specious or superficial. It is. But it's... It's got that, you know, like a Quentin Tarantino or something where just the music of the words is enough to make the scene pop. This just doesn't have that. And so for me, the fact that we don't have a lot of subtle emotional content in this movie, it kind of just is more or less a series of these like, you know, supposed to be almost Aaron Sorkin like scenes without Aaron Sorkin. 
it just doesn't work for me. It feels flat. And I needed more. I needed more from the writing, not from the acting. I don't think there's much they could have done. Yeah, it's interesting because I think for me, I sometimes have a hard time pulling those things apart. So for me, like because the acting... I felt like was very compelling. I feel like the writing like roughly worked. You know what I mean? Like I, I do think that it feels it feels a little hollow or hollow is not the right word because I do think it has a bear, it has emotional weight because the, the you know the characters bring that to it. But it feels like a little bit trite or something where it's just like well the speeches right they have to go into yeah. these speeches and those don't work. They just don't for me, like because they're know. kind think, of just BS. Uh, and and yeah. even when someone's trying really hard to sell it, it just didn't work. So, you know, the back and forth when Matt Damon was talking to Valadeus on the phone, that worked a little bit better. When they kind of like that was an example of when the movie was working. Yeah, I feel for like I, the the scenes the scenes between Sonny and the and Michael Jordan's mom, I yeah. think, were really really strong. They Those were, I felt worked. Because because it's a conversation, right? Where actual there was some actual content about what they were talking. Yeah, I mean, about, I think right? the thing for me where I felt like this movie really kind of shined was in in sort of like the humanity of it, of the characters. Like I think that was the reason that even though the kind of the speech the the meeting was stupid and the speech was a little yeah. silly, I think I still could totally buy that Michael Jordan's fam and his family would go with Nike based on this movie because. There was like a humanity that all of these characters had that they made sure to like not give Adidas and Converse, right? They made them feel like these shallow, rich people who are greedy. And then they made all the Nike people feel like kind of these like flawed, human, interesting people. Like I think because of that, I I think it sold it just because it's like we see the flaws of these people, right? They are not perfect. They're not. You know, they're not putting on airs of being like better or, you know, trying to impress in a way that they can't. There's sort of like a grounded thing that that's going on. I think they really did a nice job with that. And it makes it plausible in this story that Michael Jordan would have signed with Nike based on just the the, the sort of feeling of the place versus the other places. Yeah. But I do think it's like, yeah, I while those feelings all the i think the feelings are there all the feelings come through the character stuff comes through but i do think you're right like the plot beats and the speeches and all of that feel a little bit too cheesy maybe or or like it's too movie like well there's a bunch of things like that and i highlight some of them the one huge problem is that michael jordan's not in the movie i don't mean the actual michael jordan but like you know when they, when I they, I feel like that was an interesting choice. I don't think it was an interesting choice. I think it was a bad choice because it feels awkward every time. Every time it felt awkward uh, because here's this person who's supposed to be incredibly important to the film who you never interact with at all, and it just felt wrong. And I, I don't really understand it because, um, you know, we do this sort of stuff all the time. I mean, we had, you know, a Elton John biopic, and we have a, uh, you know, um. Elvis Presley biopic, and we had a uh, Ray Charles biopic. We had there are all kinds of biopics we do, often for music people. It's it's like you just cast somebody. It's like okay, you know, it's Jamie Foxx or somebody is going to play is going to play. I think he played Ray Charles, right, or something like this. It's like just then he plays Michael Jordan. I don't know who you'd get nowadays, but you'd go find someone who's going to play Michael Jordan who has the like affectation down and. He's in the movie. I feel like I'm going to... I actually disagree 
a little bit. Because I was thinking about that. I feel like that was the one choice the movie made that was actually like kind of a bold or interesting choice. Like, I kind of liked it for a couple of reasons. I think I kind of feel like it, it actually sort of captures the feeling of like if you're in the room with a famous person, like if you meet a famous person, it's like you almost like don't want to look at them. You're like it, it's like you're you're almost scared to look at them or can't make eye contact, right? Or afraid to do that or something. It give I feel like it it helps give the feeling that this person is like a presence that we're like uh, I don't know. I I I don't I, I don't know. I mean, first of all, he wasn't. No, so I think it, at it, the he time, totally wasn't. He's not even no, 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 in the no. NBA, right? At the time he wasn't, but we know that the movie is aware that of who he becomes. We even during the speech he's giving it, you know, we're seeing flash, we're seeing like news stories from like 20 years in the in the future. So it's like the movie is well aware that we the audience know who Michael Jordan is. Like it's not telling the movie from the perspective of someone. I mean, like he's one of the most famous people who has ever lived, like it's it's but it just feels awkward. It I feels guess, awkward I, that he I doesn't even talk he says in this meeting. No, it doesn't feel things. right. I don't know. I don't I don't think it was a problem. I didn't I didn't mind it. It was a huge problem for me. Like it felt extraordinarily awkward every time they did a scene like that. It felt really off. Like, not slightly off, but those scenes felt very bad to me. I think, especially if, I mean, Um, I can see what you're saying if you, if you, especially if you took the movie, like, if you were someone who had never heard of Michael Jordan ever. You'd be so freaking confused. You would be like, what? But I think if you know Michael Jordan and, and are aware that he's, like, a super famous person, I think it feels like it makes more sense. But I can totally understand that. From the perspective of someone who doesn't, that would be But I think really it also strange. doesn't make sense for the time period, because that's not who he was at that time no, period I, either. I agree. So I it, agree it with all that. just doesn't make sense. I feel like it was a very bad choice, personally, and I feel like it really made those scenes hard to watch, hmm. uh, for me especially, because I'm just like, normally we would see a reaction shot of what Michael Jordan is thinking of this presentation. We never even get that, and it's messed up. Like, it doesn't work for me at all. Very strongly disagree that that was a okay try. I don't think it was. I did not mind. I did not mind. All right. But it's obviously a very, like, anybody watching the movie is, like, very aware that, of that choice, right? Because it's very noticeable. It's definitely, like, a thing. But, yeah, and it just um, doesn't, I don't know. It didn't bother me. It really didn't bother me. I didn't um, get it, and I, I like, don't I even like understand it, the point of it. I feel like it was just, it, I don't know. It I think it kind of kept the focus on the mother. Like I think they the the movie was trying to make it a more about the his mother, Michael Jordan's mother and and Sonny and that that dynamic and his his mother being more the one who's like making the decisions sort of. Like it feels like my, at least the movie makes it feel like I don't know about the reality, but the movie makes it feel like you know Michael Jordan's just this young kid and his family is really the, they're looking out for him. They want you know, his mother in particular is looking out for him and wanting him to make the best choices and is sort of making the decisions for him at not, this point. But that is not how it works. I mean, if you want to emphasize a particular relationship in a movie or put the focus on a particular character in a movie, you don't need to literally remove the other character. It's a very odd thing to do. I wonder. We I- never do it in any other circumstance. And I don't see why it makes sense here. Like we wouldn't say that about any other film. You wouldn't be like, Oh, well, you know, we wanted Lawrence of Arabia to seem incredibly important. So we left him out of the film and just showed the reaction shots of Prince Faisal, uh, you know, and Omar Sharif or something like this. 
uh, and it doesn't make any sense. It's like it's that's not how we put actors well, in roles I, because it's important well, to show he, what they're but doing. He's not. He's not one of the main characters in this movie. I guess that's he what, is. He's the most important character in this movie in a way. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous that he's I mean, not in it. I wonder. I would love to know why. Like, what the choice was. The thing that I was guessing is that they didn't. They felt like it would be a distraction to have another person's face like because everyone knows what Michael Jordan looks like you're even you're showing all of these clips of him in the real world like you know in like you're seeing his face actual face but many everyone times knows what Freddie Mercury looks like we didn't go like oh we can't have I'm a queen saying, documentary I, I, but I, I mean but, a, a biopic but i mean yeah i don't know i'm just i'm just trying to think of what the reasoning was i i can I feel like maybe they felt like it would be some sort some sort of distraction to have it makes no sense to have him be uh sort of like you as soon as you saw that face that it wasn't him it would it would break the illusion right it would like pull you out of it as opposed to like not being able to see his face where the, there's this illusion that you can totally believe it's him right I don't know it, that makes no sense to me I mean we literally do this all the time in movies all the time I'm just saying it didn't it didn't really bother me well, let's talk about some other issues the movie has. To me, most of the issues of this movie are things are not paced properly. Mm-hmm. This was my biggest problem with the film. I mean, I, I thought the Michael Jordan thing was bad, but it only comes up in a handful of scenes. So the scenes where Michael Jordan is supposed to be there, I thought were just bad, largely because of that, but also for other reasons sometimes, like the meeting was kind of bad for other reasons. Yeah, but, the meeting, I think, the meeting um, is the biggest letdown of this movie because it's the most important It's supposed to be very important. Movie, it doesn't really work that well. It doesn't it's, work. it's not that good. Um, but I think this movie has other problems, again, all relating to the writing, uh, or I should say the screenplay, you know, who knows who's responsible for moving stuff around or whatever. But uh, there are a bunch of pacing problems with this movie for me. And the way that these pacing problems manifest themselves is that things that should be a real uh, moment for the audience are not. And the reason that they're not is because the movie has not paced the layout of them well. There are many of these things. So... I, and I didn't know any of them going into it. So they all should have been like, oh, wow, things to me. But instead, they were just kind of flops because the, it was paced so poorly. So the first one is the idea that the shoe will just violate NBA rules and that they will pay the $5,000 fine. So that is a brilliant idea. Like, it's one of the smartest ideas anyone's ever had. To just pay the fine? In marketing. So coming up with that is is just I mean if I had come up with that idea I would just consider myself like basically Albert Einstein. <laughs> it's so smart on so many levels. It means you get to make a unique shoe that no one else can make. It means you uh are going to get the credit for basically being a a renegade yeah you're basically like, like just rebel. breaking the rules and you're also in a sense like you just have 
you're you're a baller. Like you've got like all this extra money. You're just like I don't care. I'll pay the five thousand dollars. I'm Nike. I don't I don't give a crap. I'm so much more important than you that I just pay your five thousand dollars. Your five thousand dollar fee is right? nothing to me, right? Yeah. So it's the smartest thing anyone's ever done. Like like in marketing, I can't think of a thing that is a marketing move that is smarter than that. It's brilliant, right? It's literally like played off as a triviality that it the question and the answer come up within the space of about 30 seconds. I would have played that crap out for 40 minutes of this film. <laughs> it would have been like a thing where someone's like, they keep are trying to make the shoe. They can't figure out what they're going to do. They like, you know, they try these things and they all kind of look crappy and they have this one they love, but they can't do it. And then someone's sitting there at their desk and they're looking down and they just like go, huh. And then like they got a calculator and they go like 5,000 times like the number of games or whatever. And they look at the number and they look back and they're like, wait. And then they like run into the, like, that kind of movie dramatic thing, it re- reminds me of there was a movie, um, The Martian. They took a thing that's not even smart. It's a gravity slingshot, right? You, which they do mm-hmm. all the time. It's a standard way. You, like, everyone does this. It's how probes work. It, it wouldn't be something that anyone would even be excited of thinking about. And they did this. They were like, oh, my God, wait. I figured it out. I got the papers. I run around. I, I storm out of the office. I go in. And they tried to make it this exciting thing because it's important to the movie, right? They, they couldn't figure it out. They figure it out, right? And they do it. This movie doesn't seem to know that that this is huge, mm-hmm. right? This should be like a thing that we play up and we get really excited about. Instead, it totally fizzles. Um, same thing with the the logo of him doing the jump, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and the other thing, and I think this one was a really big letdown, because those were just like, these should be more dramatic, because this movie needs some drama, some some big uh, stuff in it, because, you know, otherwise it's just some people in an office. So you gotta, you gotta figure out why we're telling this story, right? Because mm-hmm. otherwise it's just a documentary about some people in an office. The other big problem that I had was the relationship between Phil Knight and uh, Sonny, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. So Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. They had a really neat thing there they were going to do, and they kind of tried to do it. But again, the pacing just didn't work. What was supposed to happen is, you know, uh, Phil and Sonny are having this argument, right? They're like, you know, Sonny's like, we got to spend money on this thing. Like, we got to do it. We got to take a risk. And Phil is like, I can't take a risk anymore. This is a publicly traded company. I have to be answered to the board. They have this argument. That's supposed to be the argument, right? Mm Mm-hmm. In this argument, they are also like running. We're, do we do running shoes? That's what we do. Everyone runs. You should run. You should try it. And he's like, I'm not going to run. Do I look like someone who's going to run? Right? Mm-hmm. Running is worthless. Basketball is what's important or whatever. Right? This is supposed to set us up for the fact that Phil goes for a run and decides as part of the run, like it clears his head. Right? And then he's like, we should take this risk. It's like, we don't feel this at all. We sort of see kind of him in like a long shot going for a run in his ridiculous outfit, which I loved, by the way. I yeah. loved that Ben Affleck in that outfit. Yes, yes. We then just, he kind of, they don't really ever have the discussion. It's just like Ben come comes back and Matt talks to him and he's just like, go for it. 
and that's it. And he sort of just says, I went for a run, but just, it doesn't land. And so this... Yeah, I mean, I think you maybe if you could have seen him out on his run, like, thinking um, or something... Needed to, they just yeah, needed They had like, the idea, they just didn't execute yeah, it. Right? Yeah, because I like... I think that scene actually is good. It's like, he's almost like a totally different person after his run. Yes. And I, I think that actually works really well. But I agree, seeing him on the run and, or like... maybe, maybe spend, he's at the board meeting. Maybe we see him at the board meeting and he's doing the, like, super, like, corpo thing... And he walks out of the board meeting. So we feel like we feel his situation more than we are right now. He walks out of this board meeting and, uh, you know, he's just down and you can see that it's not him and he's unhappy. And he sits down in his office and then he's like, you know, cancel my whatever. And he leaves and he goes and we see him put on that outfit and he goes for the run. Right. Mm -hmm. Again, overly dramatized. But this movie needs that. Get us connected with these things. You have the idea. Well, the like, I already, like this idea. The movie's already overly dramatized. It already is. So it's like adding more is not, it's not a problem. It's already like that. Yeah, and you have these ideas. Like, like I loved that idea for how we were going to get some drama in here. Because it's all BS anyway, right? We're, we're manufacturing something that will play well in 90 minutes or two hours or whatever it is. Yeah, it's a movie. And, it's, a, it's, it's, this, this movie really doesn't have the feeling of like a, of an authentic biopic or something. It's just like... Yeah, we're trying to make it's, this... It's a dramatized... Yeah. It's a very heavily dramatized version of sort of real events, probably. And they kind of figured out how that would work, yeah. but then they didn't follow it through, and they could have followed it through, right? And I and they even have this nice little chaser at the end where Matt Damon tries to go for a run, and he's just too out of shape. It's never going to happen. Well, he's like, this is awful. Right? This yeah. is miserable. Why does anybody do this? Which is, if anybody um, is, if anybody runs, you know that's... that's it is exactly that's what the, running exactly is like. what running that is, is like. exactly what running, running is, is running is suffering. Right. It's 100% <laughs> true. And uh, even that scene kind of fell a little bit flat. I loved what uh, Matt Damon did there. So it, it, he did the best he could with it. But it's not at the right point in the movie, right? It kind of like... It doesn't flow in. It almost, if you didn't hear me say these things about what was going to happen, you could be forgiven for not even connecting these scenes. That's how disparate they were in the movie's writing. You would just be like, I don't know, Matt Damon goes for a run at the end. And you could be forgiven for not tying that back. Maybe. I mean, I I don't know. I think it seemed fairly clear to me, like, why Sonny was like, Trying to go for a run. Was it? Why was he going for a run? Well, my assumption was that it was one of the things that sort of allowed this whole thing to happen was that Phil went for a run and and it totally changed his outlook and his mindset. And I feel like Sonny was like, well, maybe this running thing is, is a pretty good idea. I mean, maybe, but we have no idea. if Because if, Sonny at that point wasn't having a cloudy mind situation. So it's like, ah, eh? Maybe. But if he had been, right, in other words, then it would have made a lot more sense. In fact, you could have moved this earlier in the movie and had it made a lot more sense where he was trying to do it and it didn't work. Then it might be even better when Phil does it and it does work, right? It, it, it just – they have the ideas. They just don't mm. connect right. And, and I think it wouldn't have been that hard to have, to have done it. I wish they had. So, again, a lot of, I think, pacing problems and just ways in which this doesn't quite work. I would say the exact same thing with Jason Bateman's character. We get a little bit of going through a divorce and it's his birthday and stuff. doesn't really work because we barely know this guy. We don't get enough context for it. It's a nice touch. I ha- It's better that we had that than not have it, yeah, I mean, I but think it's not it, enough. It's one, of, it's one more thing that's sort of like 
humanizing and yeah. and si- making the the guys at Nike feel very yeah. sympathetic and also like underdogs, right? It's making them. It's like it's really hitting you with the thing of like, yeah, these guys are not like they don't. Their lives aren't that great, right? Like they're definitely they they're yeah. underdogs. Yeah. Last thing I didn't like about this movie is the music. So, oh, I didn't even notice the music. So the decision... I guess so. Oh, like 80s music. Like 80s the decision rock? for the music, I think, was basically to use all like 1984 mm-hmm. songs, basically, mm-hmm. like or ones that were around there. Because I'm not... I wasn't familiar with 100% of the songs, so I can't say that for sure. But most of them, like, oh, yeah, those were all early 80s tunes. I mean, I think. I'm assuming that's exactly what so that's they what did. they decided yeah. to do. And to me, that didn't work at all. Like, basically, it constantly fought the movie's tone, which is trying to – it's trying to sell this kind of, like, this, like I say, aggrandized, dramatic version of this thing that happened. And having the actual period music, which none of it – that the music of that period is not bold or dramatic – it's usually kind of fairly simple, like keyboard poppy, you know, sort mm-hmm. of upbeat, nonsense upbeat, music, you know, upbeat, which sort is of fine. Pop, yeah. But it makes everything feel less dramatic. So it's constantly turning down the drama dial rather than turning it up. And it would be more appropriate for something like a straight ahead comedy would have worked just fine. But for this movie, I think you want some score. You want something that's going to actually make it feel, reinforce the emotions. This music can't do that because there is no inherent emotion in this mu- music other than foot tappy, right? It, it'd be great for a, a road picture or a straight ahead comedy or something like that. But in this, in this, it's like it's not so much that it made the movie necessarily worse so much as it missed a big opportunity to make this movie better, and especially concerning the fact that I think the movie has other problems, foregoing the use of music to set the mood was a big mistake here to me. Hmm. And so, because I think you you lost a very important tool that you needed, especially because <laughs> the writing wasn't the, wasn't up to snuff. And so, again, you're kind of hanging your actors out to dry, and they're carrying all the weight. I guess when I, the music could have carried some of that. I'm I might disagree a little bit. I don't mind the 80s music. I feel like it helped, you know, it kind of kept recentering it in like a, a period of time, which was kind of fine. I think there's a danger with in this particular movie with like going too heavy handed with music because the movie is already it's already kind of like a overly sentimental feeling movie with these like grand speeches and whatever. And I, I do think if you leaned into that with the music, it would come across as like way too sappy or heavy handed. It's, I mean, I no, like, like, I mean, the social network, the Steve Jobs movie, I mean, they crushed those are better written than this, but the music is also dialed the social network, especially I mean, it's perfect, right? So you get a good you get a good person who knows how to score this stuff, and it is it really helps. Yeah, I mean, and it's it definitely could. I'm just saying in this in this movie there was a chance that it could make the movie feel even more like saccharine and like. Well, if you hired Hans Zimmer, sure. I don't know. Maybe it works fine. Maybe it doesn't. I just think there's a risk there with that. If Matt Damon's giving that cheesy ass speech and then you're playing some like dramatic music over that i don't know that that makes it better that might make it worse i don't think you have to put music there i'm saying where they put music Mm -hmm. 
they shouldn't have put 80s music. I think that was a mistake. Once or twice, when the person's in the car, to emphasize that it's the 80s, mm-hmm. if you would like. Yeah, they kept, they kept, ahead, they were definitely, right? this movie wants to, it kept reminding you you were in the 80s. It but would it do, was over and over yeah. and over again, mostly in spots that I think needed a sensible score. They, it needed to use that time to emphasize what the mood was because the mood was rarely pop mood. It was usually not. And so the music directly fought the transition. You were seeing character go from something where they were like supposed to be down and you're playing, you know, some catchy tune from 1984. And it's like that doesn't work. Like you're taking my emotional state and you're moving it away from where it should be to feel be feeling what Matt Damon's feeling right now or whatever. I don't think that was good. I think it was a bad choice. It was going for a thing that is only valuable in sort of an abstract way. Like there is no – you don't get points for using music for the nine, from 1984 because the music set – because the movie set in 1984. That, that does not – that's a purely cerebral like thing you decide to do for some kind of weird consistency sake. But it doesn't actually help the film because – also, most people watching this movie don't know that those were films th- for songs from 1984. Most people watching this movie don't even recognize most of those songs. I happen to have been alive then, so I do. I don't think that's true. But, I think that the, dem- the demographic that this movie is targeting is well aware of 80s music. <laughs> this is not, this is, this movie is not targeting like Gen Z. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not talking about Gen targeting. Z doesn't even know who Michael Jordan is. <laughs> yes, they do. You think they They do? all saw The Last Dance. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm not saying it's targeting or not targeting. I'm saying lots of people who watch this movie aren't familiar with a lot of those songs. That's Maybe. very plausible. I mean, even I don't know several of the songs in there. Like, like, you know, at least two or three were ones that I was like, I don't remember that song or whatever, right? Um, like, I didn't know that the Violent Femmes recorded that song. If you'd asked me who had recorded that song, Blister in the Sun, I would have said uh, the, um, the, the people who later re-recorded it in the 90s. I can't remember who they were. Uh, there was another the uh the people who did the B girl, right? Wasn't it them? I don't remember. Anyway, doesn't matter. It doesn't. <laughs> Point being, I didn't like that choice at mm. all, and I feel like this movie would have been a lot better if they'd had a good score. You Maybe. know, if if Trent Reznor had done it or whatever. Is that you see the one who did the social network? I don't know. I feel like you could have just had it, you know, or even, you know, like just just even a more like uh straightforward thing. Your Howard Shores, your uh your um Carter Burwell, you know, just one of those people who's good at scoring things in a sort of reasonably clean, uh, not not overly dramatic, but like gets the mood properly mm-hmm. and, and helps connect the movie. I, I think it would have gone a long way. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, this movie, like the, the impression, like as I said at the beginning, my impression of the movie was basically just like, yeah, it was good. It's all right. And that's it. And like, that's it. And I think like, it, it's not a great movie. It's just like, it's enjoyable to watch. I really liked watching it. I had a good time. But it's like, you know, you don't, you don't shed a tear. You know, you don't cry. You don't have a really strong emotional reaction. Yeah, you're really not but, that but brought you, into but it. But you're like, yeah, I had a good time. Like I, I, you know, the performances were really strong. I think that's the, the, you know, the highlight. It looks, it looks good. I do think Ben Affleck is a good director. He and, obviously is. He 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 puts together really yeah. good and like so you you get people, you yeah. you watch the movie and you feel like yeah this is a competent movie it's like a, it's a it's a solid movie but it's not a like I said at the beginning it's not like remarkable it really. It's a screenplay. Like you you know you yeah. come out of it and you're like meh 
Like, I it's, think the, it's good. The, it's good. But the it's, previous it's... screenplays that Ben Affleck has directed have been much better. Uh, you know, Gone Baby Gone and uh, The Town were both much better screenplays. Argo is not a great screenplay, but it's better mm-hmm. than this. This is by far the weakest screenplay I think he's directed. And he does a good job, you know, keeping it from just being bad. But I think oh, it's not. It, this movie is not, not bad, bad at all. It's it's very um, watchable. Very it's, watchable. It's very entertaining. I am never bored or di- right. or disinterested. Like I'm I'm enjoying the experience of watching this movie. I uh, and I think you know, but on the whole, I think it kind of falls short compared to his other films, specifically because just the raw materials aren't there. So it's like yeah. he's basically tr- having to compensate for a lot of issues. And like I said, some of it may be. His fault. I mean, there may be things that could have been done better, but I think a lot of it is just like it just needed it needed another draft or two. It just needed yeah. It needed something. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, um, it's a pretty unremarkable movie. It's it's not the kind of movie anyone would ever say is their favorite movie, right? No. It's not the kind of movie that people are going to go back and rewatch a year. And from I now. don't think it really even does a good job of dramatizing Nike. Like it's fine, but it really I think you could do a lot better. Um, like I said, you know, this is the kind of thing that. That you have to give props to people like Aaron Sorkin for. They managed to get something riveting out of material that is just fundamentally not riveting. Like people in an office isn't riveting. Mm -hmm. And they find a way to make that happen. Very few people can do it. And this movie is an example of how when you don't have someone who can do that, it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder to do uh, because normal screenwriting kind of falls a bit flat. And you don't have that same kind of reaction that you do when you watch like the social network where you're like, oh my God, how did that, how did they take such boring crap and make it into an absolutely like riveting sort of super dramatic thing that where you're totally engrossed and you're just like, that's, some people can do that. I think Spotlight, Spotlight's another example of a movie like that where it's just like. And the Steve Jobs movie. All three of those are just remarkable for the like, you took something that shouldn't be this good and you really wrote wrote the hell out of it yeah and and i think this movie is still probably better than average for movies these days like i i do think it's like i enjoyed it i enjoyed watching it more than i enjoy a lot of movies that we watch i think because it's solid and the acting is really good and the directing is good as i said before the cinematography too like a lot of cinematography these days annoys me, and this movie didn't. It just looks good. It feels like you're there. It feels like a real office with real people in it. It, fe- it like you, they got that totally. Yeah, and I just think like it has a lot of pretty. It's doing a lot of things pretty solidly. Like it's a just a solid movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have any major glaring flaws, at least to me. I mean, I think you you're harsher on it than I am. The not not having Michael Jordan thing for me was tough to yeah. get past. But but, but I think. At but the yeah. end of the day, you it is a f- pretty. For, I mean, I don't know if I want to say forgettable movie, but it's 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 like, eh, you know, it's just it's just a it's a it's just like I wouldn't watch movie. it again. It's a right? movie you'd recommend your parents watch. Oh my god! Like, what does parent, that mean? It's just like you know anybody could watch this movie and be like, yeah, it's a movie. I liked it. I had a good time. Right? It's just like a inoffensive, entertaining movie, but it's not remarkable. Yeah, I mean. I, I'm guessing that I probably enjoyed it more than I will enjoy some new releases. Like I don't know, uh, if 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 I had to watch a Disney movie, for example, this is way better than that. 
Right. So as I said, I think this movie is actually better than average or about yes, average. It's, right. it's it's better than average for yes. for modern films. If I have to go watch like Disney's next superhero film, you know, this is ten times better than that. Yeah. I, I don't even have to watch it to let you know that. Mm-hmm. Um because I can't stand that stuff. And so this is actually way more up my alley than that. This just, you know, it didn't quite deliver It's not the best version of the type of movie it's trying to be. It isn't, right. It is definitely not the best version of that kind of movie, but it's a solid movie. It's a solid movie. The scenes go together. There's not weird, ridiculous things happening or giant plot holes. The the most important thing, and I think the reason why this works, is you are invested. You care about these characters. and you Slightly. Want, and you want them to succeed. It like, could have been a lot better on that front, It though. could have, but it, I think it worked enough to make you care, and I think, yeah. you know... For a movie, that's mostly what you need. I think most the most important thing in a movie above plot or anything is any, love. Well, no, it's it's character and having characters yeah. you care about. That can erase a lot of like dumb story stuff if you care about the characters. I mean, this is yeah. one of the reasons why I think Marvel, like the early Marvel stuff, was so popular. Is it's like it had it had you know Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man and it had it had like these characters that people loved, and so it's like they're gonna go see. What, what they want to see what's going to happen to those characters, even if what happens is stupid. Like they want to know because they like the characters, and I think if you're if you can do character well, like it's you can overlook a lot of other things that maybe aren't done as well. And I think yeah, this movie did characters well, well enough, well enough that you enjoy the movie. It just it I mean that's sort of the complaint at at base even is that it it cleared the bar for watchable movie yeah but it couldn't get higher than that I it totally couldn't get agree. into the territory of like i'm really i never was really emotionally bought in totally. i was just like bare minimum bought in totally. and that's that's probably the best way to state why i thought it needed a better screenplay because i'm 99 percent sure that better acting can't fix this problem because the acting all seemed very good so I think the actors were doing what they could with the material and there just wasn't any more to squeeze out of it, right? Yeah. And so, you know, could some of the people have played the part better? Maybe, but barely. And so I know that wasn't going to do it. You needed a rewrite to make it clear a higher bar of emotional investment, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. But I, you know... If they so. they did cross the bar. They just kind of they did cross the bar. Largely, I think directing and acting is what crossed that bar. Yes, they they were getting more out of this screenplay than it had. Yeah, and uh, it was but, enough. Yeah. But the end result is a is a unremarkable yeah. but watchable movie. A uh, couple other minor comments. I feel like Jason Bateman was a little bit underused in this movie too, uh, or underutilized, I should say. I because. At the beginning where they have the meeting with the dumb people in it who don't know what they're doing, he got to kind of do a little bit of his thing and it was really enjoyable. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and I think that they didn't quite know how to use him as well as they should have. I think you could have gotten a lot more out of that. I, I would have developed his character more, honestly, uh, because they what they did do worked really well and they just – I think there should have been more. Uh, I think there's also th- there was there- more to get there, and I feel like, like we said, I need more emotional buy-in in this movie. So spending some time developing these characters more would have gone a long way, and you know, and we didn't. There really were get some that. genuinely funny moments. There were some movie. Like when genuinely Sonny's funny on moments. the phone with the agent guy, yeah. and like they have some great banter that's genuinely really funny. So I mean. Well, actually, and I give a tremendous, you know, I don't know how funny the banter actually was. I think it actually wasn't that funny, 
What I will say is I felt like this is where Matt Damon was really doing a fantastic yeah. job. His reactions yes. on the phone yes. were making stuff funny because you you connected with him. Yes. Being yes. Like, like having this reaction on the phone and and he made that what the agent was saying actually wasn't that funny. Like I've seen it, it wasn't like the classic it wasn't glenn glary glenn ross that's kind of where they were going with that right it never hit that that level but matt damon sold it to you as if it did and it worked he really did an amazing job i, that I mean I, I think that was sort of the like so often that's how things actually play that felt so real because mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like yes actual like people don't talk like you know an Aaron Sorkin movie, right? Like right. people talk like the way that that agent was talking. Yeah. And I feel like Matt Damon's reaction to it was really honest and authentic and just the kind of thing that you would laugh at in reality. And so it was funny. It like that, that scene felt like it was, it was really genuine and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was a perfect. It was a perfect performance from Matt Damon. I really, I, it's the acting. It was in this so good. Is... It stood out to me where I was like, "Oh my god, that was amazing!" What he was doing there. It, it was just. It was just great. Like really, really good. Yeah, the acting is really good in this movie. I think where everything else is fairly meh, like the acting yeah. is is genuinely really excellent. Like from basically everybody, I think everyone's doing a really good job. At least I all, all of the main, you know, the. the the, the main sort of players are doing a really good job. I actually thought also we should mention, I thought Marlon Wayans did a great job in this too, because actually I think much like Matt Damon's speech in the, uh, in the um, meeting mm-hmm. is kind of tough to take because it really doesn't feel right. And it's kind of written not that well. And so it just kind of close. It's close it's to being not, enough, but it's not, it's I not. think he did the best job he could. Mm-hmm. I don't think he, I don't think it was salvageable. I think he did the best he could. I would say basically the same thing about because that's what basically happens when he goes to see Marlon Wayans. I, I don't Who remember that. Who's Marlon Wayans? He plays the Olympic coach. I don't remember oh, his oh, oh, name. Oh, in the bar, in the bar. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't know who this guy is. No, I like, know, I know. Like we said at the beginning, I don't know anything about basketball, so I, I'm sure this person is an important person. It's the go- it's the person he flies to, to L.A. He flies to, to L.A. to see. Yeah. I'm sure that's an important person because. And I'm sure that's why they felt they should include him in the movie is because people probably who care about basketball would know who this guy was, mm-hmm. right? I have no idea who he Presumably. is. But he has that crazy story, which I checked afterwards, turns out to be true, mm-hmm. about he he actually does have that copy well, of Martin the, Luther King's speech. At the speech, end of the movie, right? it, it had a whole blurb about how he turned down like $3 million to, to Which like, is yeah, nuts yeah. that that was actually true. But anyway, that whole speech that he gives is kind of also kind of poorly written, but he also did a great job. He played it really straight and believable. Like, it really felt like an authentic conversation. So, again, I think that was another place where I don't think the writing was that good, but the actor picked it up. He he saved that scene. That scene probably would have sucked if you just had a normal line read, but he just, he made it feel authentic. And, you know, again, I don't know if this is just a case of, like, I. Uh, because Ben Affleck's an actor, maybe he's able to get – he knows the people to get or – and he, he gets good people uh, for every role because that's, that, that's three minutes on the screen or something like that or five minutes on the screen, right? Um, but again, it was great. And I think it was only great because the actor was picking it up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in a lot of cases, I kind of felt that that was happening where the actors were kind of just like – they were able to salvage something out of what I think was not actually that good. 
And like you said, yeah. So so basically everybody. I mean, yeah, it was, it was Chris Tucker, it was Marlon Wayans, uh, Jason Bateman. Uh, who, we don't, I don't know who the guy was who played the uh, the sort of semi dysfunctional shoe designer guy. He was really good, but he was really good too. Um, and uh, so we should mention him. I'm sorry, I don't know the actor's name, but yeah, <clears throat> everyone else was sort of more of a name actor that I knew, you know, um, but not him. So I didn't know. I didn't know. Well, that's air. That's air. Um, we're, the time we're recording this, we don't actually know exactly what our schedule is, so yeah. we're not going to say what movie's next week because we don't know. But we will. We'll post- be back here next week for Puss and Boots. <laughs> or you guys have the little like you have a little computer voice that inserts yeah. the no the schedule and boots. By the time you hear the schedule is is already up and it'll be in the post of this thing, so yeah. you'll see what's next week. All right. Um, All right. But until then, see you on the internet. Take it easy, everybody. Bye.